Jess. I'm back. Here I am. She's back. Back from her back vacation. In the back from my sabbatical. Back in your sabbatical or sabbatical. Did back anyone ask about me or anyone like message really on Instagram and be like, "Forgot hey, you existed." Where, where's Jess? She's my favorite host, and she hasn't been here. What's up? Yeah, I've got lots of those. I think your mom <laughs> might have wrote that to us. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, they said that you guys have never met in real life. And Nicole. Nicole is also on, in case you have not been able to tell. Oh, yes. And tonight we are doing Nightcrawler, a 2014 film that's on Netflix currently. Uh, it is directed by Dan Gilroy. This is his directorial debut. He has an older brother, Tony Gilroy, who also directs and writes movies, and a brother, John, a twin brother, John Gilroy, who is a film editor and works with his brothers on a lot of movies. So they got a whole whole writing directing editing family uh their father is also a playwright so it is a very uh, uh movie oriented family cre- creating creating this movie uh he also directed nicole one of your uh for some reason low-key favorite movies uh, roman j israel esquire oh so that was this- that was a really good movie yeah, you you love Roman J and uh, <laughs> it's, it's good one. <laughs> he also did Velvet Buzzsaw, a Netflix movie, which uh, we don't talk uh, about. I didn't finish that one. It's not good. I don't like it very much. This is uh, this is not like that. Uh, I guess he's got hits and misses. Then he does. Uh, people didn't like Roman J that much. You you <laughs> you you really like that Roman J. Uh, but Nightcrawler, uh, Jess actually on her return uh, was strolling oh. through Netflix and thought we should do this. What what drew your attention to this, Jess? I think it was something that Netflix was like, hey, you should watch this, or it was in popular or trending. I think it might have been because I watched Unsolved Mysteries, and this looked like a creepy, um, I don't know, a, a creepy picture. So I clicked on it, and I did my first step of evaluating a movie. It was looking at Rotten Tomatoes, and it passed. <laughs> and I was like, well, and it was fairly newish, made within 10 years, so it passed both my criteria, so... <laughs> That was it. <laughs> high, high score, not old. That's just that's just uh, beginning bar. Perfect. Yeah, uh, we got the same thing after we watched this. It, it, it popped up recommendations. You like this? You might like Texas serial death row killers or something like that. I'm like, uh, <laughs> of course. Uh, Nicole, have you seen this before? I put it on. Uh, yeah, no. no. I do like and- Jake Gyllenhaal though. Yeah, I like him quite a bit. I had seen this before, unbeknownst to Jess, I guess, what she recommended. She was like, have you seen this before? I'm like, yeah, I've seen it. Uh, I think I've seen it twice. This is the third time. Uh, that's not when it first came out. Uh, so, the synopsis of Nightcrawler. When Lewis Bloom, a con man desperate for work, muscles into the world of L.A. crime journalism, he blurs the line between observer and participant to become the star of his own story. Yeah, that's what he does. This is uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's character. We're gonna learn is a uh, he's a stringer is the is the the slang term for him. And they're the people who document like late night tragedies, crashes, uh, murders, crimes. stabbings, just general crimes uh, for local TV news. Uh, it happens a lot in LA. There's actually another Netflix show called Shot in the Dark that Nicole and I both really like, uh, which is like a documentary about. Uh, the yeah. same people, like the same people who do what Jake Gyllenhaal is doing, as well as Bill. Yeah, Paxton's if you character. like documentary series, this that was that's a really good series. I really like that. I wish they would make a second season. I know. I don't think they are. It's a shame. And I don't. I don't. People know. I don't like series that much. So I mean, it's it's that good. Uh, but if you have not seen Nightcrawler, it is available on Netflix right now, and we are going to spoil it as we always do. So if you have any interest, go check it out. Uh, we're spoiling it now. 
We rate things here at Films with Women in My Life based on four criteria, and those are the plot, the characters, the visual and sound, and the overall resonance and feel of the movie. And we are introduced to Lou Bloom. That's Jake Gyllenhaal's character. Uh, he is stealing a bunch of shit from a construction site uh, and also uh, incapacitates a foreman who thinks he is stealing from them, which he is. Uh, and then he goes and resells all the equipment to another construction site, tries to get a job there, and the guy's like, I don't trust a guy who steals things. I'll buy from him, but I guess I won't <laughs> hire him. So we learn that Lou is, uh, we, we learn Lou's character, which we'll talk about uh, how is betrayed. Uh, he will do anything for his own hustle. He's a, he's a good hustler, uh, not the most empathetic human if you can even call him a human. Uh, and he gets the idea to uh, start chasing uh, police radio scan broadcasts so you can go to crime scenes and get footage of it. He notices a guy, uh, Bill Paxton's character, who is an experienced stringer. Uh, he's got oh. a van. That's Bill Paxton, the the, 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 oh. the other guy. He's the I guy who that. owns... He owns a van, a couple of vans now, and he's got a whole f- bunch of equipment, and he's, like, one of the experienced guys. If you see the, sh- the series Shot in the Dark, he's a lot like those kind of guys, like a traditional scummy stringer type. Uh, and so so Lou gets the idea, like, oh, I, I can go and film people getting hurt and sell it for money. That's a that's a great career option. Uh, so he <laughs> he tries real hard. He gets a camcorder. Uh, he, it's it's real uh, weak footage, but he has an eye uh, for cinematography. He knows how to make the shots look good. He partners up with a local news station, KWLA six. Uh, the news director there, Nina Roman. Romana, I'm just calling Nina, I'm not going to say her name, uh, that's Rene Russo's character, uh, is willing to buy his footage, uh, and he's a little bit cheaper to work with, uh, an unknown, their radio, their, their news station's not one of the better ones, it's, uh, one of the dead last kind of guys, so they're desperate, and then, I guess the last thing that really happens before the things get going is Lou hires, a, a down on his luck, for all intents and purposes, a homeless man, uh, by the name of Rick, played by Riz Ahmed, and uh, the two of them go out and chase stories, and Lou starts to get real creative with uh, when he gets to the crime scenes. Almost too creative, and then he gets really way too creative, and he keeps escalating. And uh, we follow his rise as this stringer, uh, and yeah, he's not a good guy, really, is what we learned. Uh, Nicole, what do you think of the plot of this movie? I think I kind of showed my hand a little bit by <clears throat> bringing up uh, the Netflix series. That was my f- first like introduction into this line of work i mean you really don't think about it when you watch news anywhere in the world honestly local news someone's got to get that footage and you don't think about the person who's out at three in the morning riding around trying to find this stuff so it definitely like opens your mind to a world outside of what most of us are even uh understanding because you know half of the world is asleep at that time so you don't think about people (laughs) doing doing their jobs at that time the plot of this i think it's really interesting to bring this type of business into light uh no pun intended i think that the way that they created this character lose character it's very interesting and it really drives the plot throughout the whole thing i don't think that i could be bored during a movie that's based around this career because i just find a lot of interest in it but it's heightened even more by the way that they make this character a 
nonchalant asshole. <laughs> and that's what everybody in this movie is. And I really like the whole aura of like how the characters work together. I really like how this whole movie is put together. It's got a really interesting setup. And it's got a really, really unexpected, twistful ending that just really like kept me on the edge of my seat, if you want to say. like I was very invested watching this whole thing. And I think that they did a really great job of like showing a world that we don't normally see and just how gritty and grimy it could be and how everyone is fighting over trying to get that sale, you know, for their footage. And just the fact that they had this guy go to these lengths, I mean, just that he did this himself, took it upon himself rather to do these things is really crazy. So I'm, I'm excited to talk about the other uh, factors about of this movie more. So I'm going to give it a four for the plot. What do you think, Jess? All right, my first question is, what time period was this movie supposed to be in? Because I couldn't figure that out. I am actually not sure either. Uh, it doesn't say specifically, I don't think, at any point. Um, but my That's guess... interesting. I thought modern day because of the car that he buys. I thought... I th- so the only reason I wouldn't say modern day is uh, that they're aren't smart are there smartphones i feel like yeah, there aren't the, the technology phones. seems a little duller than modern day plus her blue eyeshadow is nothing that anyone would wear in 2014 <laughs> maybe when that's just the, giving the, us the maybe that's just giving us the skankiness of her with the blue <laughs> eyeshadow that's true we do see the only thing that tips me off that makes me think maybe 90s is when spoiler we're on spoilers there's murder in this movie uh and some of the victims their hairstyle yells screams '90s to me uh, when we get to. I was thinking the big '80s house. or '90s. Okay, yeah. so it doesn't say specifically. I would say. Well, I mean, he goes on the internet, right, and like Google stuff. True. So, so it's got to be at 90s. least two th- '90s, two thousand, early two thousands. All right. I well, think we'll, it's yeah. very close to present day. It might be. It's just uh, yeah, they're no smart. That is Although, true about the car, though. The car doesn't really modern. I I don't know what make and model that is. Okay, so we don't really know. It doesn't say, but we'll we'll say the guy ha- the guy was driving a Cadillac Escalade or whatever the the murderer. You know, Rene Russo might have had a smartphone. He might just not have had one because he's like kind of poor. And then the other guy is like a homeless guy. And then we don't really spend a lot of time with Bill Paxton. So maybe it is present day. I don't know. Anyway, That's just crazy because it just seems yeah. I was the whole time I was like, am I in like the eighties, nineties today? Like I don't get it. Okay, well now that I finish that, my thoughts of the movie. I liked it. I don't, I'm probably going to give it a 3-5. I was always interested in it. The ending really did surprise me. I thought it was going to come full circle, but instead it just was very linear and just only went up and (laughs) continued Mm -hmm. to go up. There's no circle whatsoever. I guess I'll talk about this more in the characters, but it was, it was hard for me to gauge what kind of character Jake Gyllenhaal was in the beginning. I was like, is he a troublemaker or is he just awkward? Is he weird? Like, what's his motive? And then you really quickly get to learn that he's just very meticulous. And I I can't even explain what kind of guy he is, but no one that I want to be friends with. (laughs) Um, (laughs) No, but I I think it was really interesting. Um, And it, it does give a different perspective. The whole time, I kept thinking it was like, like I said, 80s or 90s. And it reminded me of like, um, I don't know, if Nicole, you remember, but like when 
we were probably teenagers. The only like dirt you can get on celebrities was like Perez Hilton because he oh, was yeah. always there. <laughs> and I don't know if he had a crew or something, but if you went to his website, he he like stalked every single celebrity and basically talked shit about them. And like no one else was there with smartphones to take pictures of them or upload anything. Um, so it's, it was it's always like, like a glorified paparazzi type of deal. Exactly. Like, so the whole time I was like, he right is there. the Perez Hilton of our generation <laughs> because he was always up in their business and no one else seemed to be around or cared too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think they're probably all used to these people. But now every day, like even if you go uh in a park and like someone's making a ride everyone has their smartphone out and they're all like again this a lot of this stuff was in the middle of the night so no one was out but everyone's filming everything so this i feel like this kind of career isn't as successful now definitely as it was before yeah i um so i i like the subject matter i'm with nicole a lot i just i like this line of work the type of people it attracts are just <laughs> In general, terrible people. Uh, they have, a, at, the, at best, a moral gray line of, you know, these people are dying, They but they're not going to do anything to help. In fact, they're just going to film them pretty much to exploit them and then sell their, their pain for money because news stations need footage for things. So it's just like a, a niche they're filling. Lou is the movie to me. Lou is, uh, he, he, he t- I take, it takes me about 10 minutes to get into Lou, into like understanding what he is. I kind of with Jess, but I, I, I think you get it pretty quickly. Um, and then the way it's just Lou and the way he treats people and the way he treats his job, he is a very disturbed individual. Uh, well, I guess we'll, we'll talk about him and the characters. I think that's, that's the meat. Um, but I'm, I think for the plot, I'm out of four. It it keeps rising. I'm it keeps rising, like like Jess says, and um, it doesn't slow down. I I'm always engaged. It's almost a two hour movie, which is you know for us that's a little long. It's getting it's Me pushing. And Jess it. are like <laughs> we're doing the the chef's kiss. <laughs> <laughs> is it stayed under it stayed under two but it's it's getting there but it, for me it moves it doesn't feel like that uh and it feels you know it's i thoroughly enjoyed the whole thing i don't really feel lulls again third time watching it so i, I obviously enjoy uh but the characters that's enough enough of the the, the surface the, the meat of the characters is we got lou who is the whole everybody thing uh his uh co-worker rick uh poor poor rick uh nina is the director at the news station and the only other guy who gets significant screen time i guess is joe loader who is the the rival uh guy what's that guy's name bill paxton we said that i said that earlier oh no i'm sorry i'm thinking of the other guy at the news station oh yeah that's um that's uh oh, what's his name kevin kevin rame he's people will know him as a uh, ted Shaw in mad men uh and then there's also a couple detectives later on but uh, you know it's it's lou and a couple others uh back to you jess what do you think of these characters i think the characters are great i'm gonna like jake Hall himself did a phenomenal job i don't know what awards he won but i know they were up for a lot of nominations and i hope that he won something uh, but he played his character so well, even if I didn't like his character at all, and I thought he was slimy, and I, 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 it's hard to explain, because he was honest, and he, he was nice enough, but he was, he just had no emotion, and he was just very cutthroat with everything. Every thought he had was very calculated, and I, I guess that's, like, the best way to put it. Um, so I liked him, and I really liked Rick a lot. I thought he was hilarious. 
Uh, his demeanor is just kind of like, uh, you know, man, whatever. But he still has this huge conscience. Like, at the end, when he sees, like, how power-hungry Jake got, he was like, come on, man, you, you, you can't keep doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, his voice wasn't big enough because his destiny was sad, <laughs> I guess, to say the least. But yeah. I think those two characters were really fun together, and they, they really fed off each other really well. You know what's fine? Like, I think she did her part. I like how when Jake tried to lead her on, she wanted no part of that. And uh, you can kind of tell she just wanted her career to advance. That was her only really motivation in the movie. So, yeah, I'm going to give the characters a four. What do you think, Nicole? Yeah, the characters are the obvious force of this movie. They just, there's so many different things that are like coming at you from all these characters. And to have two main characters, the main characters in my eyes being Lou and Nina, to have such grotesque main characters where we're still not fully removed from them, like I'm still rooting for them somehow, um, really, really <laughs> yeah. speaks a lot for like how they made them. Um, I am quite embarrassed because we actually watched this over a two-day period, and day one was when when Lou goes in to talk to the construction site manager, and he says something like, you know, I grew up where everyone was given a medal for participation, and I never wanted to be that i always wanted to be above that participation medal i'm like wow that is really like intuitive like maybe i should use this in future job interviews right and then (laughs) we start to learn what kind of guy this is i'm like oh my god i can't say that (laughs) um i'm not as i'm not as maniacal as this so I really like the dynamic that those two have together. They don't care about each other as much as they try to make it seem. Um, They literally are just out for themselves, in my opinion. I think that they they need each other, but they don't want to need each other. So I like that. I like the relationship. And Lou is like just like the shining star of this because he's so strange, so manipulative he's so, but he's so smart and he can you know we, we saw towards the end when he's speaking with a an fbi agent he can manipulate the story however he wants and he can manipulate things with the newscasters or excuse me the the newsroom however he wants and it was working. And I said this to Brennan. I'm like, I really hope that he doesn't get screwed over because I just want to see one movie where the bad guy like this gets away with it. And they fucking did it. I was like, yes, (laughs) they did it. I was so happy about it. I was so surprised too, because I would have sworn the police were going to get him. I really didn't think it would be like, so projectile. I really thought it was going to come full circle. I, I was hoping it didn't just because, (laughs) yeah, I just wanted to see, like, this awful man get away with something. I wish it was like, it was just like, I need to see this happen. And it did. So I was really happy about that. And one other person I want to touch on is Rick. I think he is my favorite character, too. Um, (laughs) 
He has a voice. He has a voice, and it's so unfortunate he's stuck between a rock and a hard place because he doesn't have anything to go back to, but he doesn't want to be in this anymore unless he's compensated properly. And we all knew it was doomed from the beginning that he wasn't going to be given what he was worth. And just the fact that he tried, I was like, you go, Rick. Like, I was so proud of him. (laughs) And... Just to see his his sad demise, I was really upset about that. But did I get? I think the only times in the movie I did laugh was when Rick said something like really funny or (laughs) (laughs) out of the blue. I just love I just love the whole interaction of them at the diner when he first met him. He's like, is this how you're going to talk to your future boss? He's like, I don't know. What am I even going to (laughs) do? He didn't even, like, tell him anything about it. And this poor guy has seen murders. He's seen dead people. He's seen, like, he's been in, like, car chases. And this guy just wanted a little bit of money. And it's, like, such a sad (laughs) thing He just wanted to to stop living in a garage. He gets paid $25 (laughs) a night for two months. Yeah. Yeah, his, yeah. I love that he asked for a raise, and he and he's like, "Name your price." He's seventy five dollars a night. He starts at a hundred. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but he, he typically backs up. Slowly like, gets a little scared. Oh, Rick. he's I'm very like, humble. Rick. Yeah, yeah, he's he's very humble, and I love the I love the dynamic of the two characters of Lou and Rick because they're such total opposites that it works. Um, I'm gonna give the characters a five. Yeah, I'm, Ooh, I'm solid cinco. I'm just gonna solid cinco this too. Uh, Lou is so. <laughs> uh, I think without Lou, this is like not maybe at least a whole star less. Uh, Lou is pretty much, and I was re- reading definitions. He's a textbook psychopath. Um, he is very charming when he wants to be, and he knows just what to say. Like Nicole said in that beginning part when he's trying to talk, talk his way into the construction job, he always knows what to say to Nina. He learns people's weaknesses very quickly he learns what people need he learns how to leverage things and he does it all just yeah, he worked the police yeah he worked right everybody all the time constantly he worked he worked like intangibles like placing criminals and police in certain areas so he could get better shots he's he moved very dead bodies at a crime scene yeah he he didn't break into people's houses because the doors were open and he was just uh helping or whatever the no hell he said. no the the, the the car crash where he moved the body in front of the car so that you could I, see I know. it like that is in, insane. Yeah, his his behavior and I th- that I think the first one is when he goes into the house of the couple who they get shot at. Then yeah, mm-hmm. then he moves the body. Then he breaks into the mansion and gets all mm-hmm. that footage. And then by the end, he's staging entire crimes and you know setting people up to die. And uh, He's doing it, and it all, and I buy all of it. It all makes sense to me. We see what he does all day. I, I don't even think he sleeps. He hardly blinks. He all he does is water his plant and research things on That's the news. True. He, I don't think I've seen him blink. I think <laughs> I, I count. I, I stopped counting because I was like, I think I got like three, maybe four blinks in the first half hour. Well, and the and the biggest manipulation at all at the very end of what happens to his cohort is like. What the fuck is wrong with this guy? On rewatch, I knew I, I knew it was I could understand like why it was coming because when when Rick finally does put his foot down, he's like, "No, man, I, I need half the money. I'm not going to do this for that." And he he does that mm-hmm kind of thing. I'm like, "Oh no, no, this is this right there is when he decided he was going to somehow try to get rid of Rick." Oh, and and yeah. then and then yeah, Rick refuses to. He doesn't want to. You know, he just to keep pushing him. Rick is the only truly empathetic character he's the only in quotations like not bad guy uh you know he does he has to do bad things because he's in such a dire situation but he's like 
the the normal human, I guess you could say, because Nina, also our our other character who gets a lot of time, is also horrible. She it sounds like she's bounced around from job to job. She's fallen down the ladder a little bit of people until she's the director on the late shift of the worst news well, network. She's in washed that up. Area. She's yeah, she's washed up. She's des- <laughs> she's desperate, bloodthirsty for new stories and be- and better footage. And here comes Lou giving her the best footage ever. And then you know he's he he Lou's a psychopath. He's a sweet talker. He's good at he talks his way right into the job and she thinks she's one type of person and then he slowly becomes the other the, the real person and then by the end he's he's got her by the leash he's got everyone by the leash and i and i buy it that's that's the most impressive thing is that i buy his climb to what he becomes because of the portrayal uh, and the writing the writing <laughs> is really good as well um these guys are all writers the the gilroy brothers so it makes sense uh so i i'm i'm with a five the these three lead characters are great i mean we have smaller characters like joe loader one of bill paxton's one of his last couple performances for his before his death in 2017. Uh, I like him as an actor. He's a little not under he's underused, but his purpose is pretty strong. Well, that strong. was also it was also a shock to see what happened to him. Like we we know he he fucked around with the car, but to see mm-hmm. something so extravagant was unexpected to me. Jess, what do you think? Yeah, no, I wasn't expecting that either. And he he rubs it in too. Like he's like rick even says like there's a there's a bigger story happening a few blocks away why are we following this van crash and then we get up and he's like oh shit that's the other guy's van and then lou gets right in a dot like possibly dying because we don't even see him the rest of the movie bill packs his face and he's just he's got that evil (laughs) evil stare with his blinkless eyes and that half grin that's crazy yeah uh i give the characters a five they they uh jake jonehall sings and renee russo and riz ahmed give great support um, the visual and sound, uh, this will be some interesting things to talk about here. What do you think, uh, Nicole? The visuals are very interesting in this. I like it for the most part. I'm just, it's just a personal preference of, I'm not a fan of like car chases and stuff, but what I said earlier still holds true. I'm glad that they took the route of not having Lou crash his car or get hit at like a red light you kept calling for it to happen you were like and he gets crashed and the keys won't start the car because it's like because that's what the predictable outcome is going to be and i didn't want predictability with this i wanted it to be streamlined like the bad guy gets away with it i want i just this was the type of movie for that and that's what happened so i'm very pleased with that like i just wanted something to be what you didn't expect but you kind of did i it's hard for me to explain but i hope you understand what i'm saying just i just really like how jake gyllenhaal played this character i think that he was a great choice for it because many of the things that we've discussed already just the blankness of his face in some scenes and the huge grin when he's watching his footage on tv at the news station it's just that it's that being but he definitely has that psychopath tendencies of like being really spooky. Oh, yeah. he's very in control of his emotions. He just chooses when he wants to turn on charm and when he wants to like let his real evilness just like seep well, that's into a gr- his smile. It's a great way that they showed just how much power he has. I really like the way that they made him act and and all. I do have a problem though. I know it just seems a little bit like not realistic that 
these news stations would show all this vulgarity. I don't think that that would happen in real life, but maybe they're trying to like make it like real extra for this movie. Well, we saw on we saw the real documentary, like not not that this is based on that, but Shot in the Dark is a documentary of real people doing this. I don't recall how much did they show because there were times when we saw the fo- like the footage of the of the film crew filming the 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 stringers and they and the documentary showed some people mangled and stuff. So I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know what you can show on local news. I don't watch and local news, think... so I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> right but i and i also think it was a little bit not feasible that he wouldn't get in trouble at all for walking into these crime scenes like i know that he has the the ammo behind him to say yeah the door was open i went to go help but like that's i, I feel like that wouldn't cut it <laughs> i was thinking um, that too <laughs> yeah i really feel like that wouldn't cut it when they would come or, and see his car flying down the street um, his car is always flying direction. down the street. <laughs> well, I, mean, uh, I know. How the... did this guy can not get any like tickets? Yeah, That's my there, biggest concern. There's a lot of these little blips that were like, okay, like I get that there's a lot of hyperbole in this movie, but like these are a little bit too extreme for us to grab. To grab, but putting that stuff aside, I think it was really cool, and I'm gonna give it like a three point five. What do you think, Jess? Yeah, I think my biggest concern with visual and sound is. His car, he didn't get any tickets, any traffic violations, <laughs> any nothing, like not even a scratch on his car. I and mean, he's been like, just been brutally car chased and everything. Um, that's very unrealistic and would never happen. Plus, why would he get this hot rod when he's trying to be like, that's my biggest question. Kind of I think because, I mean, I guess his, his ego seeps through into. He has to, because he still lives in that dinky little apartment the whole time. I think he just kind of likes it there. But, yeah, that's why. <laughs> yeah, I don't think my... he cares much about his apartment, but yeah. I get he wanted a faster, more reliable car. But why a red one? A <laughs> red, like a yeah. Beige like a or black one. <laughs> that's what I, 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 I give the, the tickets and the speed, the speeding, like all that a pass. Because in the when we watched the documentary, they pretty much do all that stuff and i they they have like a they know the cops they know the news people it's like they're part of the system almost um but i yeah the car is the thing that i i'm with you just that hangs me up i don't understand why he would pick a red like not sports car but like <laughs> it's still <laughs> um other than that i think the visuals are really creative like i kind of liked how he messed up the crime scene by like moving the bodies just to get a better shot um he snuck into the house he knew exactly who the people were that killed him, and you can see him like Google the license plate and everything. And I think they were really creative with with his shots, and that's why he was you know so good at his job because he had an eye for it. So I think seeing like even a scene from a different perspective like that, and how he like this one guy outdid the other guy's like normal job, and I I feel like he somehow was aided in his death i don't i wish they kind of alluded to it but i feel like it was he did something i don't know oh yeah he cut the brakes of the of the of the of the van oh yeah the we, car, we saw him the do car that couldn't oh stop. he did okay i, yeah. I guess yeah. i missed that then i was like okay that makes more sense um and then like putting his putting rick right in front of the van for him to get shot at uh like Stuff like that. It was very, very calculated and very well done. And um, I don't know. I I think extremely resourceful. So I'm going to give it a four. 
That was the worst scene, but like for the best reasons. Like I was heartbroken <laughs> when Yeah, once you that, once <sighs> Jake started getting super power hungry, I knew Rick was gonna die. Ugh. Yeah, I knew I'm, I'm feel I'm feeling it right now too. I'm very upset about this. <laughs> Other than in the team car Rick. Yeah, it's poor t- team Rick. And not a winning team, but uh I, I, Is he I on knew community? It. No. Is he the guy on community? No, that's um that's uh oh my god what's his name it's not it's not though it's not the guy it doesn't matter oh he's from uh his big stuff he was in rogue one he was the pilot in rogue one and he was also the bad guy in the new venom movie as people probably know him from he uh, he's a movie called four lions that i like uh he's around rizomed he's a good actor um and so yeah so i like that when they film lou and that it's him setting up scenes like a filmmaker would. Like he when he drags the body, it's because it's a better shot. Like it's it doesn't. He wants to get up on the hill and take the shot. He's like, yeah, it doesn't look as good here. Drag the body in. Eh, it's a better shot. That's like filmmaking. He's <laughs> he's making his own little mini movies to sell to the. And then you see them. And then you see the production too when they uh, when he sells the he big. He did that in the very beginning too when he moved the magnets up on the the photos up on the yeah. I love all that. Gunshots. I love all that because that's just yeah. like. Yeah. When you when you're watching a movie and you're watching a TV show and especially like when you're if you're ever watching the local news yeah Nicole's right you don't think about like oh how did they get all these close up shots of all these cars mangled and fires and it's because some guy like this is out there trying to make a buck it's and he's he's, he's he's probably all hopped up in Adderall and energy drinks and he's trying to trying to <laughs> like so. I love that they show him like they show he's like a his own little filmmaker like and then they show when they're doing the big story uh, at the mansion and they're airing that on the on TV we get the anchor's perspective and then we get the foot we see the footage that's being shown and then the control panel room where uh, Nina and Lou and uh, and Frank and all the other people who work there are scene. given their little orders uh, pan to camera one three two camera two. Uh, and then she's giving her little orders to um, the news anchors to harp on certain things more than others. Um, I just love the behind-the-scenes production of the mundane, like, it's a car accident. This is a, a little news station where you would you'd watch a story for five seconds and you wouldn't even think about it. And I think Joe jo says he's like, you spend 22 seconds on, like, 100 stories or whatever it was. Like, you say two sentences and you move on. Really good insight into that uh and then we didn't talk about the music much uh it's pulse pounding it keeps moving when they're doing chases and when he's driving around like there's a sense of urgency and it's part of what keeps the movie at its high pace and not feeling like it's dragging um that's funny because it doesn't resonate with me i don't recall any of it but i think it's because the visuals were strong i don't think it's and i didn't realize but maybe it just enhanced it well, that's what I like about, so, like, sometimes in a movie you'll get the visual and sound, like, that's the big scene, like, that's the iconic sound, like, I remember that thing. And then there's movies like this that have the visual and sound work so that the movie moves. I always say when you, you are watching a lot, like, a longer movie and it, fe- when a movie feels shorter than it is, it's because the visual and sound is doing its job. It's making you inv- so sucked into the story right. that you're not checking your phone or your watch or whatever the time is. You're actually, like, engaged in the full story. And I think that's, a lot of times, like 90% visual and sound and setting things up right. It's dragging the body into the shot, so it's a better shot. That's more interesting. Um, so I give, I give, I am I guess I'm higher on this just because I like, it's just a subject matter I like. I'm at a 4.5 for the visual and sound. It's really clever. Um, 
the end of this movie is uh, after the big the big story he sold, which is the murder in the mansion in the very affluent, quiet, safe neighborhood, uh, which turns out to be a drug deal gone wrong. But we don't. We, that's not the story. We don't care about that. Uh, the Lou is going to uh, set up the criminals. He's going to follow them around, call the police, so that uh, he's basically priming. Uh, an area that is uh, a nice area, like it's a, re- it's not nice, nice, but it's a restaurant, so it's in public. Uh, and he's going to stage the, this fight between the cops and the criminals, which he had info on, but you know didn't want to tell the detectives because he knew he could get more out of the story. Um, and th- we already talked about how Rick wants a bigger cut; he doesn't want to do all this crap anymore. And Lou's like, "All right, it was a good ride, Rick." Uh, so <laughs> we get we get the shootout, we get car chases. <laughs> crazy like cars rolling and blowing up this is made for eight million dollars very they use they use their budget well and as as we say uh lou is filming the final part of the crash where the final criminal is uh he tricks rick into coming over to get a close-up on the guy rick is shot he dies and basically in his last moments he's like you're such a fucking asshole why are you such an asshole and he's like you would have just kept asking for more things i couldn't i couldn't allow that to to happen he wasn't even asking for much i mean the 50 percent, i guess but that's more of emotion rather than him actually really wanting the money but he could all he could keep leveraging next the next time he could be like oh yeah well i'll go to the cops with all this stuff if you don't give me this next time and that's what lou is afraid of he's like he's just gonna keep trying to leverage information on me and I, I can't trust someone who would do that so he's got to take him out before it becomes more of a threat he sells the footage to nina and i love the scene where he gives it to nina and he's like she's like i love this footage it's amazing and and he and she and he's just they like, did have an intimate moment a little bit like at the very end and i was like wait is nina actually gonna take him up on his offer or what's oh, going that's, on there that's like when i realized how scumbaggy they both were like to the to the max like she was willing to sell herself for this like five minutes of of footage and she wasn't gonna do that before but then all of a sudden she was so about it just because she wanted that she could that extra oomph in her job she wanted to keep it she wanted to make that money she she gets Stockholm syndrome a little bit at the end when uh, the yeah. one guy the one guy in the studio Frank who is the the guy from Mad Men, uh he's like you know they've had this he's been the one guy in the studio this whole time be like we can't show all this footage like like this is terrible like you can't like how did you get all this you broke into people's houses and and then finally uh, Nina at the end is like well, you know maybe I think we need to think more like Lou and he's he's going places he's thinking big this is how we need to think <laughs> so Nina goes from the beginning when you meet her like you think like oh she's the director of the thing she's powerful she's in charge and then slow by the end of the movie she's like just another one of co- the cogs and Lou's what does he call it? Video. He calls it some generic name, like video production studios or something. <laughs> it was very, very generic. It's the most generic video name. Network or something. It's so generic. Like I can't even remember it's so generic, but that's just like, that's what it is. It's very professional. That's what he wants it to be called. Uh, so he, yeah, he sells more footage and we get a, a cut to the future. Uh, well, Lou also, uh, he gets called into the, or doesn't get called in the cops. He goes to the cops voluntarily, gives his side of the story. 
cops know he's full of shit, but they don't have enough evidence to pin him on a specific thing. He does the old walk out of the police station, throws the sunglasses on, and then we cut to some time in the future. He has hired a whole team. He's given a little speech to his interns, who could turn to full-time opportunities. He loves using all those buzzwords and speeches. Uh, and he's got the two vans that his rival was talking about earlier. Now he's got two. He's got his own little crew. And he ends uh, far ahead of where he was at the beginning. So, Lou wins. Yay. Yeah, uh, what do you think of the Residence and Feel, Jess? <laughs> uh, like I've been saying, I really thought he was going to get uh, caught by the cops or something. But despite all the video cameras of his hot rod car or whatever it is being chased, he never once gets caught. The one cop I think is little, is on him and she knows that he is a bad person and plans all of this out, that he withheld information just for his own pleasure and he, there's no evidence to prove it. So he's off even growing his business even bigger, hiring a professional team and actually getting a van. So like Nicole said, the bad guy wins and it's like he got promoted at the end. <laughs> um, so yeah, my residents of Yale, I'm, I'm going to keep what I've been doing and, and give it a four. I'm definitely going to remember this. Um, like we all said, it kept us on our toes. It was a really interesting story. And the dynamic between Rick and Lou were just so different. And But you really liked both characters. It's not like they were hot and cold. They were both hot, but different kinds of hot. So it, it was a good movie. It resonated with me, I guess. <laughs> That's not, not bad. What do you think, Nicole? Uh, I think that... Um... Jake Gyllenhaal does this type of character the best, and I didn't see it, but I feel like this is what he was probably like in Velvet Buzzsaw. Is that close? Um, kind of. This he was he was more pretentious in Velvet Buzzsaw. He was definitely not quite as psychopathy. Um, I see. But he ha- he has this yeah. aura about him where he can play something like this, and we grab it immediately, and we already hate him or whatever for what the role that he's playing so i i love that he can manipulate us like that i love the subject matter of this i think it's very interesting it's something that isn't thought about often and just the fact that they had a film about this where we can see that even people that we didn't think about in the whole process like like nina someone who watches this gruesome footage and she's like i love it i'm like what the fuck (laughs) she's just like oh this will get me viewers and ad revenue (laughs) yeah and it's 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 sickening but it's just what life is like i suppose um so it's very interesting to watch this uh, I I like the way that we learn to hate some of the characters, and for good reason because they're acted very well. I am gonna give it a four. Uh, we didn't even really talk too much about the. Uh, it's an overarching theme, but like the integrity of journalism and how how well the news actually portrays things, and whether they're more interested. Well, that's in another the thing. Side of Sorry. To cut you off, but that's another thing that I brought up while we were watching this. I said this to you. I said, I know 100% for a fact they would never show someone's bloody body on a couch on TV. There was, it would never happen in a million years. I've never seen anything on my local news channel that ever got this gruesome or got to that level. It was, it, it's very, 
hyperbolic to me, this whole thing. But I think that the message that they're giving is the same. They're just using it as an exaggerated way for us to watch, to see it. Maybe your local news is uh, just failing in the ratings. They're not trying hard enough to uh, <laughs> to get to get the viewership. Um, and, like, I, like I said, I don't I don't watch local news. I have no idea how close or how not close this is to accurate representation. Um, but only thing that kind of is like eh, for me about this is like Lou is a really good character. He sticks with me. I remember Lou when I think when whenever people are like oh, who are like top psychopaths in movies, people go to like big ones like American Psycho. Uh, Lou is just so textbook and like perfect and his arc is is not even an arc he doesn't change he just gets more of what he wants we just learn about him the thing that doesn't quite work for me in this movie is that it does lack some stick i've seen this three times and i and i like it every time i watch it i really enjoy it i think about it for a little bit after but only like a little bit i there aren't like that's the scene that i always remember or those are that's a line i'll quote um and as much as i like lou's character he's not like he's 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 not like super He's like, I laugh along with him a little bit, but there's just something holding this back from being as great as it should be. Because uh, I've been given this four, four and a half, so I gave it a five on the characters, and it just doesn't feel, at the end of the day, it doesn't feel like a four and a half, five star movie. It feels like a, like a four, a, a strong four star, but not one that like, I'm that's sticking with me. I don't know what it is, and you'll have to let me know, since you've both seen it the first time, if this if it crosses your mind much in the future. Um, but I, you know, I I remember it. I like Lou, but uh, it's not the stickiest of movies for me as for how good everything is in it and how much I like the subject matter. So I, I'm at only like a three five, uh, and that's still and that's elevated by Lou. Um, it could be lower, but this whole movie's a good rating. This whole movie's elevated by Lou, though. Like I said, I want it to be like a yeah. four and a half five star movie, and it's it just there's something about it that holds me to a four. Um, but that's okay. That's still really good. And I think you know what that means. Uh, we're at the end here. Uh, Jess, since you recommended this, are you going to recommend to the audience, to all of us, Nightcrawler? Yeah, I, th- I think I would recommend it. I'm happy that Netflix recommended it to me because that's how y'all uh, watched it. But it's something I'll remember. Um, I don't think I've seen too many Jake Gyllenhaal movies, so I really didn't know what kind of character he plays best or you know what he's been like in past movies. So it's I definitely know the name, but it's um, nice to see him act. I didn't really know anyone else. And I think that the plot is pretty unique enough where I haven't seen anything really like this before. Yeah, we'll have to get more Jill and Hall movies on here because I think he's made a lot of, a lot of really good movies. Um, Nicole, you going to recommend Nightcrawler? Yeah, I think that I, I'm going to recommend this. I really love the subject matter, and I love Jake Gyllenhaal in most everything that I see him in. I think that he's very... Uh, versatile in his roles it's just a interesting way to put a light on something that we don't normally think about so i think it's pretty cool yeah it's uh three recommends then for nightcrawler i obviously recommend uh, i'd be curious to know what mama k would think because of the four of us she's the one who has the hardest time liking an objectively bad person like she and you like, know what else i want to know very true like out of the three out of all of us like we all can like like characters in different ways she has a tough time getting over the villain hump or, or even the anti-hero <laughs> hump she doesn't like when people are bad guys <laughs> <laughs> well i like that the bad guy won in this but you know what i want to yeah. know if anybody is not living in the united states that watches their local news is there i cannot imagine any other country being able to show this much vulgarity and this much like just 
disgusting material. It's got to be an American thing. So I'm very curious no to see how this fares with other local news broadcasting nation. Like, I mean, worldwide. I just need to know. We've got uh, we've got other uh, overseas listeners. So let us know. Yeah, if you uh, if you ever experienced local news like this, uh, I, I I again don't watch the local news myself so i'm not an expert in the matter i'm much more interested in the people who shoot the stories than uh, the actual stories so um yeah there you go uh yeah that's my only caveat was bringing up model cakes like if you don't like bad guys being the main person and you know eventually winning and like having good having light shine on them like this might not be your taste then um but other other than that it's a really quality made film really engaging acting uh i, I love the script so yeah it's a recommend for us for Nightcrawler. Uh, coming up, we got our first theater review in a long time. Tenet is coming. It's coming next week. Yeah. Uh, so thank thank the Lord for that. You know what else is coming up? The host pick for September. So uh, next episode, Nicole will be revealing what her host pick is. Ooh. So I've been excited for that. We'll, we'll talk more about that in the next episode. Uh, and in the meantime, even though there are theaters in certain places, not everywhere, but in certain places... Uh, there are still lots of gaps in the schedule to fill with streaming. So if you have anything to recommend to us, film us with the women of my life on Facebook. You can reach out to me on Instagram. I am Brennan underscore Pados. Also vote in our Pixar tournament. Go on my Instagram to learn more about that. Uh, you can reach out on Twitter at films, women pod. You can email the show films with the women at gmail.com. And we do now have a YouTube channel. It's films with the women in my life. Just search for it on Google. Not again, not a whole lot up there yet, but we'll slowly, slowly filling the back catalog on there. So eventually my hope is to have all of our old episodes as well as all of our new episodes up there and maybe even make some original stuff on there. So it's a work in progress, but go check it out if you want to see the early stages and that will do it for this episode. Uh, thank you, Jess, for being on. Thank you, Nicole, for being on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. Until next time, this is Brennan signing off saying thanks for listening and enjoy your movies. Thanks for listening to Films with the Women in My Life. If you enjoyed being a listener in our life, please rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Keep up with the latest from the show on Instagram at Brennan underscore pod host, on Facebook at Films with the Women in My Life, and on Twitter at Films Women Pod. Finally, you can email the show with questions and suggestions at filmswiththewomen at gmail.com. Original music for the show was created by Ian Burke and Chris Iwanek. Original artwork created by Nicole D'Alessio. This show is produced by Brennan Snyder. Thank you again for listening and enjoy your movies.